What's up? Welcome to the First Issue Club comic book podcast. We come to you weekly talking about first issues and comic book news. I'm Mike DeStacy, and with me is... Greg! Greg, we're missing the Budget King today, mm-hmm. but we're despising him and jealous. And cursing his name. Do you know where he is? N- no, I thought he was just like busy with work and stuff. No, no, no. Oh. He is in Hawaii. What? That little bitch. What's he doing in Hawaii? I don't know. Are they on vacation? Just him. What? He's a monster. He's a literal monster. That's yeah. why he's on this show. Mm-hmm. It has to be something for his job. But Hawaii? Yeah. Goodness gracious. I know. Why can't I have that job? Eat shit out of a coconut, Budget King. Die mad. <laughs> See you next week. Before we get into our books... As always, we're going to chop it up about a little comic book news. Mm-hmm. What's hot on the top of your mind this week, Greg? The hottest thing I can think of is Spider-Man Mania is still going strong. Yeah. Uh, November 29th, tickets were officially on sale for Spider-Man No Way Home. And it shut every website down that was selling uh, tickets because everyone flooded uh, AMCs, these uh, Cinemarks, wherever you go to buy your uh, movie tickets. I'm sure you had some frustration because uh, it couldn't keep up with the demand. The funny thing for me is is that so much of it's been spoiled already. Right. That you think like, eh, this one I can wait a week or two. But apparently not. Maybe that's part of it is that so much is leaked already. Uh-huh. People are just like, anything to stop the runny faucet, just let me see it as soon as possible. It has already eclipsed the like two-day marker for Avengers Endgame as far no. as ticket sales. Oh, yes. Wow. It like blew the doors off this. That is crazy. And I think it's a culmination of people finally being able to go to the theater. Yeah. And also, this movie is pretty highly anticipated because- People assume that all the Spider-Men will be in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Marvel hasn't confirmed it, but I, we've seen enough teasers and spoilers and leaks that we can kind of put two and two together. I'll say the leaks have worked in their favor in terms of ticket sales and hype for the movie, for sure. Oh, yeah. It makes me wonder, though, does the movie fall flat in some sense just because the more people hear about it, the higher and higher and higher expectations become? I'm just... I'm ready to go into this, especially after the last Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Expecting, like, a B, B-plus movie. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are expecting an out-of-this-world experience that they've never seen the likes of before. Well, I'll say this. Yes, there's been a lot of leaks. But the trailer, like, the final trailer we got didn't really give us too much more. Yeah. So I think they're still playing a lot. You know, they're, they're holding their cards close to their chest here. Mm-hmm. And hoping that no more leaks happen. I'm sure a lot of people are getting fired over at Marvel for all these leaks. But I, I still think there's some surprises that are going to be happening. I think there's some characters that are going to show up that we don't know yet or haven't even thought about. I mean, mm. no one's talked about Bruce Campbell showing up. He may show up or, <laughs> yeah. you know. So who knows? Yeah. It's still exciting. And then it got released the next day that Sony – and Marvel are going to do another trilogy of Spider-Man movies. Oh, wow, okay. With Tom Holland. Oh, Tom Holland's going to be in them for sure. Yeah. Wow, okay. So, uh, rest easy, webheads. Tom Holland isn't done with being Spider-Man yet. He's red hot. Oh, he's fire hot. And it's been confirmed that him and Zendaya are officially dating. That's helping things, obviously. Oh, baby. That's 
maybe the biggest fuel to the fire of mm-hmm. this movie's hype. Yep. Two it's hot logs that, rubbing together. I know that they're just like just at the right age to be like superpower Hollywood couple that everyone's talking about. Yeah. Um at my age as a 13-year-old, I don't care about romance that much yet. <laughs> Girls are so, kind of gross. Yeah, so I'm not like that into their relationship or anything, but right. I could see how a lot of people in the primary demographic would be. Can I say this? Mm. This may be a hot take. Zendaya, too good for Tom Holland. <laughs> too too good. She is like a fashionista. She's a very good actress. She's like a, a she is an activist. Yeah. What's Tom Holland done? Spider Man. Be British. Be Nick Drake from Uncharted. Oh, yeah, he's baby Nick Drake. Yeah. I think he's gonna be one of those people who always looks like a little child to me. He's going to be the next Chris Pratt. Like he's just gonna be in everything all of a sudden. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, like he's like Little Wayne. Right. Little Wayne's in every song now. Yeah. <laughs> he's blueberries, baby. But I'm excited. I, I think that uh they've noticed or they've known for a while that Spider Man is a hot commodity. I hope they introduce Miles soon. Yeah. into the MCU or whatever Sony universe because then we will really see it just take off into another existence. I have friends that their kids don't recognize Peter Parker as Spider-Man. Miles Morales as Spider-Man. Right. And so just to see that come to fruition would be amazing. Agree. So Spider-Man Mania is not slowing down until December 16th when it finally hits theaters and we can all shut up about it. Can't wait. Move over, Substack! Oh, no. There's a new boy in town. Zest World. Have you heard of that? Okay, so Substack's winning in the name game. Yes. This sounds like <laughs> a soap that's coming out. Like a like a, 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 a JavaScript game that Zest <laughs> Bar Soap has. And you can get rewards for buying a bunch of Zest, take uh-huh. them to Zest World, and get a Zest jacket. Oh, that's a really bad name. I don't even know what it is yet. So Zest World is essentially a digital platform where exclusive comics will be uh, premiered, and they are creator-owned and creator-distributed. Uh, like So they keep all the earnings. Okay. So I'm, And I, I know nothing about Zest World, and nobody else does either. Do you even know if they do other stuff? Like This is a new thing that's being created. Just for comic books. Just for comic books. Okay. Because uh, like Substack's thing is that they... They're for writers and yeah, other entrepreneurs. It's a catch-all. Yeah. Kind of like just, a, there just happens to be a comic book community there. Totally. Yeah. So I think this is specifically made for comic books. One of the I don't want to say co-creators, but one of the co-like chairmen and like uh-huh. funders of this was the guy who made Reddit or like helped create oh Reddit. My God. So uh he's saying that this is like a passion project of his. Whatever. Uh, I don't know if these are gonna be released physically. So you can collect them. I think it's just kind of like just a digital only platform. And they got um, uh, Amanda Connor and coming in there to do some work, and um, Jimmy Palmitti, P- Palamati, uh, the those, whole Harley Quinn team. Yeah, and uh, a bunch of others. And they're doing exclusive comic books on there. They don't say when they're going to be released. And we kind of speculated that this may happen. That other f- fractions and factors of online exclusive paywall-ish platforms may pop up because of the popularity of Substack. Sure. And we were right, as usual. So far out of all of these things, I still like the OG panel syndicate the best, who just just does the pay what you want as you want it. 
sort of model. But the thing, and that's fine because it's a comic book publisher yeah. who is just like, hey, we're just doing this online. Pay what you can. Mm-hmm. Substack and Zest World is like an exclusive Patreon thing where they're just like, we. these are our exclusive artists now. Mm-hmm. They're going to work exclusively with us. Oh. Behind the scenes stuff, you can only get through Zest World and only through Subsec. So Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti are like cutting ties with other publishers to be on Zest World? Well, not completely. I mean, they'll probably accept other work, but same with Substack, Zest World gave them like a down payment of just like, you're creating original content for Zest World. Okay. So we want your full attention for a while. Got it. To create stuff to get people to come here. Okay. And so- um, I just find it kind of gross. Like if the if the behind the scenes stuff was free, like come see how we make this thing, and then like pay for the comic book digitally, maybe that would be f- more fun. Uh huh. But you're removing the artist from like an open source platform like Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, and like that they're able to show their process and kind of like gain more of an audience and more of an interest in their books there. Yeah. And you're saying you can still get all that, but you got to pay X amount a month to watch it happen. To be like advertised to. Yeah. And I get why people leave Twitter. Twitter sucks. Yep. I'm on Twitter every day for the podcast. It is mm-hmm. not a fun place to be. I cannot imagine creating a comic book and then having just trolls of idiots just tweet at you all day about not liking your stuff. Yeah. So I get why you want to leave Twitter. I'm not mad about creators leaving Twitter. Right. I am upset about them going to another platform and making me a fan who's been polite pay to listen to their thoughts (laughs) i don't know i don't know if i have like many opinions or takes on it to be honest like we've talked about substack a ton yeah this is another substack thing right it was just unique to me that like it's like they're like tribbles they're just like exploding now they're like multiplying yeah these uh whatever you call them companies <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. I've had too many Space Camper IPAs. Oh, the best beer in the galaxy. The official sponsor of First Issue Club podcast from Boulevard Brewing Company, our hometown Kansas City beer maker, mm, putting mm, out a delicious mm. IPA. We drink it every episode. It, it, you know what? I'll say this here, and this isn't a lie. It makes the holidays brighter having Space Camper IPA around. I even go as far as to say it makes them merry. You know what? There is a little bit of more merriment in mm-hmm. me after a couple of these bad boys. Perfect. So uh, you want to improve your holiday? Pick up a six-pack of Space Camper IPA from Boulevard Brewing Company. I say Zest World, take it or leave it. Space Camper, you're going to want to take that. You're going to want to take it for sure. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Give it to your friends who are over 21. And is there any more news in Greg's noggin? No, not really. Okay. I've got something. Hit me. Before we head into our books or would-be books. What? We normally cover two first issues on the episode. Um, I'll say that we <laughs> picked up Evil Ernie because Evil Ernie, Chaos Comics, fun. It's yeah. back. Um, didn't realize Scott Lobdell mm-hmm. is writing this book. If you haven't heard, he... Basically admitted that he'd sexual har- sexually harassed people yeah. like a-, a decade ago. Yeah. And plenty of women have come out since and said that he's been a pain in their ass, that he tried to groom them, that he took advantage of his situation and ability to get people work mm-hmm. to try to hook up with or 
be a skis to women because of the position that he was in. Mm-hmm. Um, so all kinds of gross stuff about that guy. One thing about Dynamite Comics in general, like there's a lot of Dynamite Comics that I enjoy, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of really cool people that create on that publisher. It's also one of those places I feel like people go to when they're like, we won't put your name on the cover. You can keep writing comics here or we'll like mm-hmm. change your pen name or like you can go by a different last name or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's like a gutter keep, publisher. Keep getting you work. And I'm just like, I don't like that. Yeah. I'm like, if who's the guy who wrote like Briggsland that was like, oh, right. Yeah. Wrapped up in all the sexual harassment and grooming stuff. Uh, I think it was, is it Brian Wood or something? Oh, yeah. Dead on. Is yeah. that his name? Mm hmm. Um, that I've I've seen his name pop up where like he's using like a middle name or something. To, oh, like, fun! Write books or something now, so you just don't recognize it as like, oh yeah, that's that shitty guy. Yeah, and it's just gross to me that you can do that stuff and still get away with publishing things. Mm-hmm. I'll say that the only reason I still bring up Evil Ernie, even though we're like we don't want to give this guy press and talk about more of his books, mm-hmm. is that. The comic was bad. It was terrible. So I'll just go out there and say, like, Evil Ernie's supposed to be fun <laughs> and funny. Yeah. And Smiley the Button was, like, almost not even in this. Uh-huh. He seemed like a Leave it to Beaver kind of dorkus. Yeah. It, it seemed just not great, and I didn't feel good reading it. And you could definitely tell it was just, like, because I've read Evil Ernie books before that were just kind of badass. Oh, my God, totally. And I don't, to be honest, I don't know much about, like, Brian Polito and where he stands like mm-hmm. with comic creators in the comic book community. I know that he's done a lot of like hot, sexy characters sure. and is that um, objectifying or, you know, do we retrospectively like look at Lady Death and say like, oh, this is like a sexual empowerment thing and this right. is some people's kink. And It's like uh, Elvira. Elvira is like a a queer and feminist icon, but she has yeah big breasts that are exposed, and she's that's like part of her character design. So I don't know. I don't want to like I don't want to blindly endorse anyone anymore because yeah, <laughs> I yeah, just like no don't shit. know who's a good person and who isn't. But I will say I loved Brian <laughs> Polito comics when I was like a teenager, uh-huh. and the Evil Ernie books that he did were a fucking riot. And mm-hmm. this was the blandest comic I've read in a long time. Scott, you suck shit. Yeah. Retire Con- from comics. Confirmed shithead Scott Lobdale. We don't want you. Not good anymore. Bye. So, <laughs> we're only covering one book this episode. Yes. And that is Justice League Incarnate. Um, I have everything and absolutely nothing to say about this comic. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. Are you? Yeah. Th- it Okay, so I'll first say Joshua Williamson wrote it, I believe, Mm -hmm. who has been writing bangers. He's one of my favorite DC writers right now. Yeah, Um, He's He's writing everything at DC He's doing Robin. He's starting up with Batman, I think, next week. Mm -hmm. Um, A a handful of other great books that I've read there. In any case, this book is kind of like the fallout of the fallout of the fallout of like five events that have happened in a row. Yeah. So the book that preceded Justice League Incarnate was... Infinite Frontier. Infinite Frontier. Yeah. And then before that... Was uh, Future State and then Death Metal. Yeah, right. And there was something in the middle that had another infinite in it, I think. I think it was like a giant one shot. Oh, that's what it was. You're right. It was a giant one shot. 
where we figured out that Wonder Woman was going to be like a s- celestial sextessent. Yes, a member of the sextessent yeah. or something like yes, that. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, it was confusing like back in simpler times. Mm-hmm. And this book, I just kind of let wash over me, and I oddly kind of had fun with it, but at the same time, it was it it read like a late seventies, early eighties cornball superhero knock them around like everyone's over narrating the things that are happening in front of them yes um people are saying their names there's a <laughs> there's a character named dr multiverse mm-hmm. or something like that and completely lacks subtlety mm-hmm. I, i'm not even going to mention the other 40 characters that were in this book <laughs> there's like a thanos knockoff in this yep and i the, when I was reading the news and the previews for this, basically everyone was just like, DC is cheekily creating the Avengers in a DC book and then like destroying them. And it, it, it's meant to be like kind of this like satire, like kind of tongue in cheek thing. But it, really, it read very just like uh, heady and not um, uh, like uh, readable. <laughs> Like <laughs> not readable is a great way to put it. I don't. Yeah, I'm not trying to be rude, but it's just like no, I don't know what mess this is. And I we I started this by saying I love Joshua Williamson and I think his comics are fantastic. And partway through this book, I was like, is is this a joke? Mm-hmm. And if it is a joke, on what? <laughs> like it doesn't to me as like a and I'm. Uh, self-professed Marvel head, and I would get the references, mm-hmm. and I didn't really see correlations or references to like Marvel stuff in it. Yeah. Um. I. <laughs> I'll also say there's a crack in the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> the source wall's breaking down, <laughs> and there's a couple of times where people are like. I don't want you to touch that crack. <laughs> and Darkseid is like, I'm going to get my hands on that crack. And I was just thinking, Darkseid's an ass man. He is an and ass I felt man. like, is this whole book just a joke to get to Darkseid to say, I'm, I'm going to get my hands on that crack? Yeah, it's a long haul. Um, so speaking of like convolution and confusion, they're talking about since there is a crack in the multiverse, Yeah, that means that they can go to the opposite side of the multiverse and get this power that's on the other side, and we don't really know what's on the other side of the multiverse. Yeah. And the fact that you could be like, okay, we have our planet, and that planet exists in a solar system which exists in a universe Mm -hmm. of endless planets. Yes. And each one of those is copied into an alternate version of that into a set number. Mm -hmm. On top of that, you could... If you imagine that as a poster, yes, you could flip it over and have things on the other side. Yes, like the idea of like there being a crack you could walk through in a multiverse. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's comics; it doesn't have to make sense. Like I get it, but it's some to some extent, it's like, where does it end? <laughs> like, is the other side of the multiverse also gonna have like? A hole, a, crack. a hole in it, or like another crack, or like a wardrobe that you can walk through, and it takes <laughs> Go to you Narnia. to like opposite Narnia. I, you know, for a while there, I was giving DC some credit of just like, hey, it's fun again. 
it, it's accessible to a lot of new readers. Yeah, this is great. Now we're getting into the part where you need where you need a doctorate in DC to enjoy this book. Yeah, it's the most nonsense book I've read in a while. It's very self-referential. There's a lot of inside bullshit that people who have been reading DC comics for 30 years love. Yeah. But for us who have been here for maybe a decade, and that's still crazy, people that have been reading DC books for a decade are just like, what the fuck is this garbage? <laughs> like, step back from it. This is like they collected a bunch of cocktail napkins that Joshua Williamson has written on of just like, well, this is like a good idea, and this too. And like they're just like, perfect. Like, Jim Lee's like, put it in a book. Let's do it. Yeah. And this is Justice, uh, Justice League in- Incarnate. And like, it, there's no... Like, I don't even know what the fucking stakes are. Mm-hmm. I, I assume it's to stop Darkseid from getting through the going crack through the, the crack. Okay. Like, well, the solution was like Captain Carrot, who is like a rabbit Superman, mm-hmm. was like, why don't we hide the crack? And Dr. Multiverse was like, oh, Flash, run close to my cosmic power mm-hmm. and that will hide the crack. And in that sequence, I was just like, why any of this? <laughs> Am I supposed to track that as like a real reason? I mean, it seems like you could solve any problem in any comic uh-huh. by just being like, what if we touched noses and screamed our names backwards? <laughs> and that would take us to the other side of the planet Yeah, and uh, turn Thanos inside out. And that reference is like a Wonder Woman con Nick from like 1944. Yeah, it's just like the magical escape route in writing that just doesn't tie back to any boundary set in the universe. Yeah. Like to to one extent makes for bad story writing. Yes. And a bad reading experience. And a bad reading experience. It's all this is all but if it's gibberish. The, but if the point is that it's a campy homage to how like to old comics and how convoluted they can be make that more obvious yeah like you know how marvel used to do what the yeah which was like their parody comic of the comic book industry in their own comics mm-hmm. um make it something like that so at least like we know it's a joke or a commentary yeah it's, it's almost like a this is like a, a new yorker cartoon <laughs> we were just like i think there's a joke here <laughs> But I don't know why that rabbit has a monocle <laughs> and reading a paper. Uh-huh. But I don't want to feel stupid, so I'm going to laugh at it. I'll just chuckle. And I don't know. There is subsequent issues coming after this. This is not a one-shot. This yeah. is like a multiple-issue thing. Uh, yeah, I think it's I a one of be five. Oh, that's fucking insane to me. Yeah. That is baffling. And I'm not sure. What else is left to say? <laughs> this is all made up now. I'm sure it's going to lead into something else. It will, but it'll be a just a tangled mess getting yeah. there. Um, I don't know. We're at a loss for words. Do you know if any of the appearances in this book were firsts? Is there anything there? No, these are all these these are all like multiverse people, people we know and have been established in other multiverse yeah. things. I mean, these are these are directly directly characters from Infinite Frontier one through five. Okay. Um, they did have like it was funny that when one like version of the Flash would meet like a different version of like Superman, right? They would be like, 
ah, a multiverse Superman, I see. <laughs> they were so familiar with like the concept yeah. of there being multiple of everybody. Well, could she that see they were, them? They were just like, great, perfect. It was almost like a, she, like the Superman standing in front of her was like a tuning fork, and she saw the reverberations of the oh, other Superman in the multiverse. You're around. talking specifically about Doctor Multiverse. Yes, I'm just talking generally about like any character in this. Okay, I see. I see now. Yeah, would just be like, ah, alternate reality Green Lantern. Are we now? Yeah, and they would be like, hmm, yes, Earth Eight, and you just like roll with the punches. <laughs> yeah. Just like, hey, it's all fucked. Let's Very just casual keep going. about it. We need you on a mission. Get in a boom tube. <laughs> Yeah, everyone just loves jumping in boom tubes. Everyone in this loves comic. boom tubes. Uh, this this book does kind of further emphasize that like Flash is the most important character in the DC universe. I feel like the more and more we get into these like different mega events and different stories, where we you know obviously you put Batman and Superman at the center of a lot of things because they sell a lot of books, right? But for real heads, I think. Flash because he can like traverse through time and blast himself into other dimensions and realities and those things cause fractures and reverberations throughout all those realities. He's kind of like the one most important character, mm-hmm. at least in my opinion, to like keeping the world intact. And if that is the case, which it sounds like it is, what a terrible ambassador. For, oh yeah, Barry Allen's like she should just stay home sometimes. Maybe there all, all the flashes have yeah. just been terrible at multitasking mm-hmm. and just fixing their own shit. Yeah, like it always goes haywire. Yeah, always. And if I was Batman or Superman, I would just lock up any of the flashes. It's just <laughs> like you're done. You're not helping. Yeah, you you go get a job at Uber Eats or something. Like we don't need you anymore. You would clean up. Oh have my people's God, yeah. food to them so fast. That, that's better than superheroing. Pays the bills. Probably healthcare. <laughs> Great benefits. Great benefits. At Uber Eats, I'm sure. Yeah, you don't get shot at by a super smart gorilla. Oh, poor Grodd. I wonder what he's up to. All right. I think we've stretched this shitbag of a week for first issues as far as we can. Yep. Signing off. See us on the Patreon for more gabbing and goofing. Mm-hmm. All right. Ta. Catch you there. Bye. First Issue Club is brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company via Space Camper Cosmic IPA. Our music is courtesy of the fine folks at Primary Color Music. You can find, friend, and follow us on social media at First Issue Club or firstissueclub.com. You can support First Issue Club by joining us on our Patreon for additional content at patreon.com slash firstissueclub.